On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, a Tesla insider tells a trusted Tesla community member that big changes are coming to the Model S and Model X. Plus, free unlimited supercharging with a new Tesla purchase is back on the table, but with a caveat. Good news out of Illinois, where the state government was trying to impose a $1,000 annual fee on electric vehicles and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to episode 201 of Ride the Lightning, the weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined to my left, as always, by the great canine companion herself, Daisy the Boxer Puppy. This episode is for June 9th, 2019. And uh, so, hey, did did anything happen last week? I read about some uh, semi-truck stuff, some Model Y stuff. Kept hearing about this Ride the Lightning, Ryan McCaffrey guy. Oh, no, that was <laughs> it was really crazy to see all the media coverage last week of my interview with Elon Musk. Uh, I'm going to talk more about kind of the behind the scenes of that towards the end of the show. I want to make sure to get to the Tesla news up front so that if you don't care about the Ryan McCaffrey stuff, that's all at the end where you can ignore it. But um, yeah, it's it's been a, a heck of a week. It's been a blast. It's just, uh, it's it, again, I almost kind of can't believe that that actually happened, that I actually got to sit down and interview Elon Musk face to face and that I got an hour after they told me it would be half an hour and maybe he'd be willing to go a little more and we rolled for an hour. It just feels so good. Uh, I feel like I left it all on the table. I didn't walk out of there going, gosh, I wish I'd asked that or oh, I wish I'd said this. It felt good and people seemed to really enjoy it. So Thanks to all of you for your incredibly kind words. You know, I, I can't, uh, well, I'm not going to play the calls or read all the emails because that would just be way too self-congratulatory <laughs> for me. I, uh, that's, that's not my style, but know that I listened to all of them. I read all of them and thank you all so much. And hey, by the way, if last week, if that Elon Musk interview was the first episode of this podcast that you've listened to and you've decided to come back for a little more, uh, welcome. Thank you so much. I will do my best to earn your trust and earn your your time. Uh, you know, my job here, I do this, you know, out of the the enthusiasm from the bottom of my heart. And, you know, my my role here, I look at this as I do my best to cover the week's biggest Tesla news stories give you my take on them, and then the, the way the rest of the show works is after that portion, there is the Ride the Lightning hotline where I get to hear from you guys, the listeners. There's a call-in section of the podcast, which you'll hear later on, and then there's a tip of the week. It's uh, I try to make it fun. I try to just, I, I model it after a radio show. I've always been really fascinated with radio. I probably would have gone into radio had I not lucked into my, uh, lucked into my other day job, but I don't want to give you my whole backstory uh, that's episode one, if you kind of want to hear more about me and who I am. But for now, uh, let's get to the Tesla news, which begins with this. All inventory Model S and Model X right now get free unlimited lifetime supercharging if you buy an inventory car and take delivery of it before June 30th, which is not coincidentally the end of this fiscal quarter. Now, to clarify, these are the quote-unquote old Model S and Model X vehicles. 
before the very recent technical refresh known as Project Raven. So those inventory cars, or pardon me, the new ones, the Raven cars, the ones with the 10% uh, greater range, the brand new smart air suspension system, among other things, those cars are just now starting to roll out. They are not a part of this. Those are not inventory vehicles. Uh, so obviously, here, here's the really the thing I think that's going on with this. Tesla is uh, trying to use free unlimited supercharging as a demand lever to go ahead, just pull that demand lever and move those inventory cars that are now really, they're quite frankly outdated as far as selling a, a vehicle for new full price. And why not try throwing the free unlimited lifetime supercharging on there as a demand lever? Because that doesn't really cost Tesla anything. However, my personal take on this is that if you're in the market for a Model S or a Model X and you're not quite as concerned about the extended range because heck, the again, quote unquote, old Model S 100D is still good for a fantastic 335 miles. My gut tells me that any cars that are left later this month, because we're in June already, the, the end of the quarter is coming up. Any cars that are left as the end of June approaches I think uh, they may very well get a discount applied to those as well as that free unlimited lifetime supercharging. Now, please don't hold me to that. I don't have any source on that, any inside information. It's purely my own hunch. But the fact of the matter is Tesla needs to get rid of these cars with the better Model S and the better Model X being made now. And they also need to move as many cars here at the end of the quarter as they possibly can. So I think if you stay patient for a bit longer, you might be able to do pretty well for yourself if you happen to talk to the right salesperson, maybe a manager at a Tesla store. Also remember though, uh, something to just keep in mind if you are willing to kind of play that game and do that dance, uh, the fiscal quarter also means the end of the current level of federal tax credit. It's currently sitting at the half credit, $3,750. On July 1st, that will have again down to 1875. So just more things to keep in mind there as you try to maybe find a good deal for yourself on a pre-built, an inventory Model S or Model X versus just going ahead and ordering a new one with the extended range and the new suspension, et cetera, et cetera. Now, speaking of the new Model S and Model X, if a report from my friend Kim at Like Tesla is to be believed, the 370-mile Model S and 325-mile Model X with their aforementioned cool new smart air suspension systems, uh, they might be just a stopgap for something bigger very, very soon. And that is a full redesign that, according to Like Tesla's insider source, may roll out as early as September. So here are the alleged specifications, which again, Kim says came her way via a Tesla Insider. A new exterior design, so basically full redesign on the outside. A new Model 3 style interior, though obviously it would have more luxury appointments in it. Now you, so you can think of this as a landscape-oriented touchscreen rather than the portrait-oriented screens that are in the S and X now. Uh, a Model S range north of 400 miles at the top end with a Model X top end range approaching 400 miles. 
battery capacity greater than the 100 kilowatt hour max that they've got now, uh, a weight reduction of 350 pounds, uh, new battery chemistry and a new cooling solution. And check this out, three motors, three motors, one in the front, two in the rear, which is the setup that the Roadster, the new Roadster has. Supercharger V3 capability of up to the maximum 250 kilowatts. We'll talk more about Supercharger V3 later on in the show. And as I mentioned, it could be unveiled as soon as September. Now, if you've been listening to me for a while, you may remember that I made a Model S and Model X refresh prediction on my New Year's Eve show uh, back to start 2019. And, and I'll tell you, by golly, that prediction is going to come true sooner or later. It just has to. It will, I will eventually be right on that. But, you know, as for this particular rumor, you know, as I thought more about it, a lot of it makes perfect sense. The range, the V3 supercharging, the interior. Because with the interior, particularly with the orientation, if they switch to a landscape-oriented screen, they can really unify the UI uh, across all three cars, which would make a ton of sense for Tesla to do from a software development perspective. And we know Tesla is all about maximizing efficiency wherever they can. Now, for me, the exterior redesign and the tri-motor setup are the two bits of this that are the toughest for me to swallow. Now, I'm not saying Kim's wrong at all. Not saying that whatsoever. I'm just sort of reacting. That's my gut reaction to this as a guy with no insider information in this case. Maybe it'll all come true, but maybe just some of it will. Because, uh, trust me, from working in video games, which is a an industry of secrets. There are a lot, you know, unannounced video games, who's working on what. Sometimes sources will intentionally feed someone some real information, but they'll also include a few intentionally, knowingly false bits in it because uh, throwing that stuff in there might help the, uh, the leaker, the source, keep their identity and thus their job safe. And there can be other reasons for it too. So I'm not saying that's what went on here. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying uh, yes or no to anything in like Tesla's report. But uh, anyway, to, to sort of get more into this, again, as I said a minute ago, we know the Roadster's doing a three-motor setup. And when I think about it, it's like, does it, does it really make sense for the Model S and X, for that matter, to have a three-motor setup as well when, when both of those cars, the, the Performance S, the Performance X, are already just blowing away the competition? You know, I'm not really sure it's something that those cars need. With the Roadster, obviously, the idea is a, a lethal blow to the internal combustion engine supercar slash hypercar. That's the entire objective, as Elon put it, the hardcore smackdown on gasoline cars. But do, do the S and the X really need it? I'm not sure. I mean, I would, I would probably argue they don't need it. But then again, Elon's never been one to stop something because it doesn't need it. But, um, you know, the, that, that's actually that sort of dovetails into where I wanted to take this conversation is that the one thing to me that makes this report totally believable is that Tesla has simply, they've never rested on their laurels, ever. They are always, always, always pushing forward. If you remember back a while ago, they introduced ludicrous mode just a few months after they introduced insane mode in the first place on the P85D when they first started doing dual motor cars, 
They also introduced Autopilot 2 just months after debuting the P100D. So it's like, here's this incredible new performance. And then, oh, by the way, actually, here's an entire new Autopilot suite. So they don't wait around. You know, they they just go. They, if they can do something new and cool, they're going to do it. Um, I will say the other part of this, too, that that has me a little apprehensive, I guess, is the idea of a full Model X exterior redesign. That one's a little bit of a head-scratcher to me because Elon Musk has talked time and time again about the Model X being a Fabergé egg of a car, super complicated to build. Uh, And the other thing is the X is only a three-year-old car. Uh, Officially, they came out in fall 2015, but for all intents and purposes, regular consumers did not start getting their hands on Model Xs until early 2016. But but then the other the other side of that coin is if you redesign the X, you almost have to do the X as well, lest the X seem old by comparison. And as far as the Fabergé egg thing goes, perhaps a full exterior redesign of the X would allow Tesla to simplify that complicated design and allow Tesla to, to make the car easier to build without necessarily uh, streamlining down or, or removing any of the cool tech that the Model X has. So we'll see what happens come September or so. And in fact, September could very well be about the time that the Tesla pickup truck reveal happens, because Elon has said this summer, later this year, and um, this is not an original idea, but you know, plenty of folks in the community have speculated that these uh, these redesigns, if these are real, the Model S and Model X redesigns, those could be the you know Steve Jobs style one more thing that happens at the pickup truck reveal, a la the Roadster at the semi truck event. I mean, heck, they, Tesla might even just have a pickup tow an S and an X in there. I could absolutely the new one. I could absolutely see that happening. In fact, it would it would actually make a lot of sense to reveal it that way rather than at its own SNX event because the pickup truck is as Elon has said, he, if you heard him in the Elon in my interview with him last week, he said and he said this several times before, it's not for everyone. So, a redesigned SNX could be kind of a hedge against the pickup truck potentially being received poorly. I'm not saying I think that will happen. I'm not saying that will happen. I'm just saying that that is a possibility based on Elon's repeated comments about how how crazy and out there the design of the pickup truck's going to be. I mean, if you've got a new S and maybe a new X as well, uh, that could be just insurance. If you kind of look at it that way, it could be insurance for making sure that the headlines stay positive uh, at that after that event, and just in case the pickup truck itself were to get an icy reception, and and really a full redesign inside and out, the other thing that that would accomplish that that would be a good thing, I think, right now, is that it would leapfrog those cars just way ahead of the Model Three, which is which is back. That's where they need to be, and you know they've they've done that a little. They've definitely gone further away from the Model 3 in a good way uh, with this technical redesign, the 370-mile range, the new suspension system. But uh, if, if this, if any or all of this rumor is correct, it would just completely put the S and the X 
in a different class than the Model 3 and just really separate those so that nobody's ever going to be, if they're kind of looking at both, nobody's going to go, you know what? The Model 3 is most of the way there. I'm just going to get that. Like it would be, there'd be a substantial difference between this new S as rumored and the Model 3 as it is today. But regardless of what does or does not happen, it's very exciting to think about, and that's what part of what makes doing this podcast fun. And I'll tell you, I'm going to do everything that I can to try and attend that pickup truck reveal event in person later this year. So stay with me on that one. Next up this week, Illinois EV drivers. Yes, remember that story from a couple weeks ago? Uh, they will pay $248 per year on their registration instead of the $1,000 that was floated out there in a proposal a few weeks ago. Uh, a quick thank you to Ignacio from Test Letter for the heads up on this story, and then uh, Benjamin Holland uh, doing, letting me know as well that $148 is the price for internal combustion engine vehicles. So uh, a little more from the Chicago Tribune here. Quote, Tesla, which previously opposed the $1,000 registration fee proposal, declined to comment Monday. Rivian, however, the uh, startup electric truck maker that's whose plant is in Illinois, they did comment to the Chicago Tribune saying, quote, we appreciate the stance taken by the Illinois legislature on this issue as we continue our build out and investment in the normal Illinois factory that will help increase the numbers of electric vehicles on the roads of Illinois. And that was from Rivian spokesman Michael McHale. So the back, if you're wondering, okay, well, what does this actually mean for electric vehicles and what does it mean for Tesla drivers relative to their gasoline engine counterparts? The back of the napkin math on this works out such that EV owners will still pay less overall than internal combustion engine drivers since EV owners, Tesla owners, uh, won't be subjected to the increased gasoline taxes at the gas pump. But nevertheless, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that this borderline criminal $1,000 per year proposal didn't go through. But I have to say, you know, I talked about this when I first covered this story a few weeks back. I still think it's a shame that the state of Illinois isn't doing more to incentivize EV buyers and all of the good things that EVs bring to society, both on a local and a global level. You know, that's that's the shame to me is it seems a little short-sighted. They're just kind of looking at, well, we got to we got to get our money here. And they're not really thinking about the greater impact on their community, uh, both local and and on a, you know, macro level. But again, thank goodness that that $1,000 just crazy proposal is dead. On a related note, uh, you may recall a couple shows back, I think right before the Elon interview, I'd reported a similar story out of North Carolina. The price hike proposal there wasn't nearly as severe as the $1,000 uh, issue on the table in Illinois, but uh, there was a big increase on, proposed, and I've got an update here. I'm going to go actually to a caller. Kimberly from Raleigh has an update on this, so Kimberly, go ahead. Hi, my name is Kimberly from Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, my partner and I just bought a Model 3 SR Plus about a month ago, and we both really love it. 
I get it during the week since I have the longer commute and he gets to play with it on the weekends. Um, I was calling about your latest podcast where you were talking about the uh, North Carolina EDC or the proposed EDC. Um, I wanted to let you know that there's actually a carry representative uh, Wiley Nickel, who is strongly working to oppose that. He's a longtime Tesla driver. Um, and he and several other representatives actually did manage to get the bill sidelined. Um, now, that doesn't mean that it's gone forever and it's beaten. Um, it could definitely still come back up while the representatives are in session. So definitely still uh, call in and tell people that you don't want that to happen. But I do know that there are a couple people in that that are actually really working hard to kill that bill. And hopefully they'll do it. I don't think anybody actually opposes a fee for EVs, um, but they do oppose a fee that is unfair compared to what ICE vehicles are paying in gas taxes, which this hike would definitely be. So thanks, and enjoy your show, and looking forward to the next episode. Kimberly, welcome to the podcast. Congratulations on you and your partner's new Model 3, and thank you for that excellent call that bears good news. Glad there is someone in the North Carolina state government who, who really gets it as a Tesla owner themselves. And by the way, I still, I advise my North Carolina audience out there to heed Kimberly's words about continuing to vocalize your opposition on this. Keep on it until this proposal is completely dead. Again, be respectful, be polite, but uh, make your voices heard with your elected officials out there in North Carolina. Moving around the world a little bit, we go down to Australia, where uh, this happened last week while I had the Elon interview, but I could not let this go by because it's been such a, a long and, and no doubt tough wait for everybody in Australia. I just wanted to say congratulations to all of the Australian Model 3 reservation holders. You can now finally order your Model 3s. I know all of you guys know this. Uh, this isn't news. I just wanted to, to commemorate it because... Uh, I, I know for a fact I've got a lot of wonderful Australian listeners out there. I hear from a number of them on a regular basis. And boy, you folks have had the absolute longest wait of anybody. Over three years, Australia has waited before they could even order. And by the time delivery happens, the first deliveries, it'll be nearly three and a half years because deliveries actually clicked over and uh, switch the design studio on my computer to Australia to just take a look at it. And the delivery estimates are August for Australia. So that is still a little ways to go here. We're in June, a couple more months, but my goodness, I'm just, uh, I'm so happy for everybody in Australia that's been waiting for this day. I, I try to think back, you know, I think back to the day that I finally got to order my car and how exciting and just what a what a long wait it had been and how happy I was. So I try to think back to that as each of these new territories has come online and been able to order theirs, you know, UK and Japan and uh, and now Australia. Just, just so happy for everybody. Uh, enjoy it, folks. Hope you get your cars very, very soon. The before, you know, August will be here before you know it. That's the good news. And then, uh, in fact, on that note, I just wanted to play, I, I did get one enthusiastic call Richard from Perth configured his car, called in to share his joy. I love playing calls like these every now and again because, again, it just you just bottle up and preserve your joy and your enthusiasm in that moment. So uh, here's Richard from Perth calling in 
with uh, with with the new with his personal news that he has configured his Model Three after a long wait. Richard, take it away. Hi, Ryan. This is Richard Cooper from Perth, Western Australia. This is my second call. I've been listening for ages. And it's a delightful day to me for me because I just configured a Model 3 performance and dark blue and one other way I'm delighted, there's no way I could have afforded it, but it's fully 30,000 US less than a Model, uh, an M3 BMW. So I decided I'm going to bite the bullet and do the whole hog. And thanks for organising my tour of the factory last year. All is great over here and it's a good day. Thanks very much. Richard, congratulations. Thank you for calling in. I love hearing that enthusiasm. Uh, Staying international for a moment as we wind down the news for this week, Tesla has begun accepting pre-orders for Model 3s built at the Shanghai Gigafactory, aka Gigafactory 3. Tesla Roddy reporting, quote, Starting at RMB 328,000, which is approximately 47,400 US dollars, the locally made Tesla is RMB 49,000, or about 7,000 US dollars cheaper than the US made Model 3 standard range. Uh, plus, standard range plus is price, which was listed at uh, the equivalent of 54,500 US dollars. They, Tesla Roddy notes that the savings for the locally made vehicle are significant, though Tesla noted that the expected delivery time for the Gigafactory 3 produced electric sedan is six to 10 months. So we're still a bit away, uh, still a ways out from, uh, from those Chinese built Teslas actually getting, getting into people's hands, but that is just going to be huge for Tesla to be able to sell that car for such a significant amount less than than importing it from California from the United States. So uh, more good things afoot in the world of Tesla as Gigafactory 3 continues to make almost unbelievable construction progress. You know, there's somebody posts a Twitter video, a drone flyover, I feel like almost every day, but realistically, it's like every week I see a new video of the progress on social media, and it is stunning how quickly that factory is going up. I mean, it's it's a building now. It looks, I mean, there is a there is an actual building. I suppose they're just filling it out on the inside and getting it ready to go. I mean, it is it is incredible what is happening in Shanghai for Tesla. And finally, this week, bringing it back full circle to home home base here in the Bay Area at the Fremont factory. The very first V3 supercharger that's totally open to the public, because if you remember, they had a uh, couple of test sites down at the Hawthorne Design Center in Los Angeles and then at the Fremont factory, actually just, just off of it, actually, just, to, just down the street uh, from the factory, there was a, a very small V3 supercharger test site. Well, uh, the open to the public V3 supercharger is here and it is at the Fremont factory. So they've taken the superchargers that are at the factory. It's uh, it's a popular one. It's 12 stalls, and they've redone them all for V3 supercharging. So each of those is capable of charging up to a 250 kilowatt peak charge rate, which is good for one up to 1,000 miles of range per hour. Just unbelievable. That, by the way, if you bring a, a nearly empty Model 3 long range to it, you're going to charge up about 180 miles 
in about 15 minutes. And what's cool, remember, just a friendly reminder about V3 supercharging, one of the perks here is that you will not suffer. Your charge rate will not suffer if there's somebody charging right next to you, which it currently does on the regular superchargers. Now, there's also the urban superchargers, the smaller, uh, just little, little almost, <laughs> I don't know. I want to say they almost kind of look like little tombstones, but that's sort of a bad connotation. But the urban superchargers, uh, they do not suffer the quote unquote next door neighbor penalty either, but their max charge rate is lower. It's only 72 kilowatts. That's a far, far cry from 250 kilowatts uh, that V3 can do. But yeah, it's great to see. So that, that station is open. And I will say, I, every time I've been there, that supercharger is pretty much always busy at the Fremont factory, which you wouldn't surprise you, right? You could imagine that there's often a line to, to that one, to a, a queue to get in there. So I got to figure switching that to V3, upgrading that, that is going to help move a lot more cars through there and cut down on that congestion. I very much, as soon as I saw this, as I saw this on Friday, the day I record, I'm recording here on Friday night. That's when I typically record the show. Uh, I actually, I got the 20.1 update in my car, and then Tesla confirmed on Twitter that, uh, that the Fremont site, the Fremont factory, is indeed upgraded to V3 supercharging. And it made me want to just go drive my car until it was nearly empty just to go over and play with it. But I had too much, <laughs> too much to do. I had, actually, uh, it was still a full work day, but... Um, yeah, I, I definitely want to try this out. I'm going to be in L.A. for the next week at E3, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, the, the video game industry's big annual trade show. Of course, I'll still have a regular show, regular time. Every, you, you won't, we won't miss a beat next week. But, um, yeah, my car's going to be idle for a week. So I'll have to do some driving when I get home and then make a point to head over there and, and check out that V3 supercharger. Good stuff. Great news. Great to see the V3 rollout has officially begun. All right, I'll be right back with the Ride the Lightning Hotline, my chance to hear from all of you guys right after this. Real quick, before I move on to the Ride the Lightning Hotline, I wanted to quickly mention abstractocean.com, an excellent one-stop shop for Tesla accessories for both your car and you as well. They've got everything you could possibly uh, want to get on the car. Vinyl stuff, so console wraps, big seller for them. If you want to change the color of your uh, center console or just do a wrap to make it a little less scratch and finger uh, print prone, as I have done with mine. Uh, lighting, they've got the puddle light kits, shine the you know Tesla logo, Model S, Model X, or Model 3 logo down uh, onto, the, onto the ground from when your door is open at night, kind of like the bat signal. They got the kits for that, that those pop right in. You've got the tempered glass screen protectors for the dashboard, uh, as well as trays for the Model 3 center console, if that's something you'd like a little better organization going on in there. Check all that out, abstractocean.com. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST for 15% off of your very first order. That's RTLPODCAST, all one word. All right, ride the lightning hotline time. 
your questions, your comments, your discussion topics pertaining to the world of Tesla. You call in and uh, we talk about them right here, this part of the show. I invite you to participate. I welcome it. I thank everybody for doing so. If you'd like to call in, please try to keep your calls to a minute and a half or less, 90 seconds or less, so that I can get to as many calls as possible. Two easy ways you can call in. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recorder, uh, record your question, and email it to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call in anytime, day or night, and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline, which is reached by dialing toll-free 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted, which is what I do with them, or put them onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. And a quick reminder that the new Patreon-exclusive bonus monthly episode is up for June. This is where all the fantastic extra calls from the Ride the Lightning hotline that I can't get to for time's sake uh, during the regular weekly shows go into there. So everybody's everybody gets heard, everybody gets, uh, gets discussed. So that is for uh, the Patreon p- folks pledging at, uh, at the $10 level or higher. This month's topics include uh, rebooting the car on the go, the Model 3's glass coating on the roof, Irish Model 3 pricing, potholes as it pertains to full self-driving, the Model 3's motor configuration, MCU warranty issues, Easter eggs on test drive vehicles, uh, Tesla's garage fit service, that taught me something I didn't know, etc., etc. Callers include Joe from New York, Mark from Nashville, Brian from Virginia, Mike from Maryland, Bruce from Toronto, Robert from the Bay Area, Jack from Calgary, Curtis from San Francisco, Daniel from Seattle, Ian from the UK, Gary from Chicago, and Daniel from South Florida. If I just read your name, I am happy to provide you a free uh, listen to that uh, so that you can you can hear your own call play. Just reach out to me via email there. All right, let's get started. Jake from Detroit is up first in this week's Ride the Lightning Hotline, and he wanted to talk. Uh, oh, he's got a quick correction for me. I'm always happy to be corrected. I want to make sure I get as much correct information out there as possible. Jake, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. Jake from Detroit here. First of all, happy 200th episode. It's been a long journey for you. We've all enjoyed going on this road trip with you. (laughs) Uh, Just wanted to say thank you for everything, not just for me, but from the community. Uh, You've given us entertainment, information, education in our house, on the road, while we're mowing the lawn, out on a dog walk, and we all appreciate it very much. So keep it going. 250, I guess, is the next big milestone, and here's to 1,000 and 5,000 more. So anyway, calling to possibly give a correction. Uh, I can't find any actual formal documentation to correct you, but you mentioned on the previous call last week and then the week before that, that anybody who, when you get to your car, it gives you the sentry mode notification saying, you know, X amount of events, and you have always told folks to hit the sort of dash cam button, right, to log that. But I believe all sentry mode clips automatically save to a separate section on your you know, USB stick, your memory card, whatever, however you have it set up. So I don't think you have to do that. And in fact, that might actually be filling up your memory card faster than necessary if you do it the way you're saying. So anyway, I'm just calling to give that correction. And thanks again for everything. Happy 200th episode, Ryan. Jake, thank you very much for those kind words. And you are in fact correct. 
Other folks corrected me on this as well. You got there first, so I wanted to play your call. I tell you, I was I was thinking old school back in the halcyon days of yore when you actually had to push the dash cam icon in order to save a clip. Okay, I guess technically you still do if you're on the if you're on the go, but for sentry mode events that the car logs, yes, they will automatically go into that save clips folder. So thank you, Jake, and everybody else who called in or wrote in to correct me on that one. Jack from Calgary is up next. We'll go uh, just across the border there, the the Canadian border, and talk to Jack about a P100D Model X. He's curious about certain before and after ordering uh, options. Jack, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, Jack in Calgary again. Just wondering, I I Googled this, and the answer I'm getting is not clear. I'm about to place an order for a Model X, I believe, performance, but ludicrous mode, I haven't decided. Uh, it's a $27,000 upgrade in Canada, and I, I don't know. Can I opt into that later, and does that have an additional cost, like above the $27,000, or do I need to factory order that? Thank you. Bye. This is an excellent question, Jack. So there's no mention in the Tesla Design Studio about unlocking it later. So it would appear to be a one-time offer as you're ordering the car. For now, notice the <laughs> I left the pregnant pause right there, because apparently it is the same hardware, uh, and Ludicrous is just a software unlock for the motor's power setting. A friend of mine who got one of the new refreshed performance Model S's with Ludicrous on there uh, actually reached out to him and he told me he said. My car was actually delivered without Ludicrous, and they had to spend four hours on my delivery day patching in the firmware. That's what he told me. So, as such, I would imagine that it'll be an after-delivery option at some point. The thing is, though, you can't count on that since it doesn't currently exist, and Tesla has given no indication that it that they're open to that or that it will exist. So you just can't assume that it will. And the other part of it is. Even if it did, we just don't know how much it would cost. Like it might get, you know, they might charge more than the the 20K it is to order it up front. You know, they might charge it 25 or 30. You know, we're not sure. So um, I would say my advice would be this. Go to the Calgary Tesla store and schedule a test drive there. Hopefully they've got a Model X or at worst a Model S. Uh, just because you know you want you obviously want the X in your case since that's what you're interested in. But even if they've got an S with Ludicrous and without, so that you can try both, compare the two, and see uh, what you end up really wanting to go with. The good news is I'm quite certain, very very certain that you're going to be happy either way. That's the good news. Thank you, Jack. Let's go to Raphael from Connecticut, uh, responding to a caller from a couple of weeks ago who wanted to view their dash cam files from inside the car. Raphael, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Raphael from Connecticut. This is uh, in response to the call about uh, a listener had about viewing their dash cam files. I have a 32 gigabyte SanDisk. A SanDisk cost me about $25. It's a USB stick that has a built-in Wi-Fi. Um, I have a 32 gigabyte one. That's the biggest you can get that will still let you format FAT32. Um, Connected to a hub, 
uh, you know, a little USB hub like most of us have in our uh, Teslas. Each uh, port has its own little switch, and it records fine. The dash cam records fine. What's cool, though, is that uh, when I want to view the uh, video, I just turn off the dash cam on my screen and hit the little button on the USB hub and wait a few minutes, uh, not even a few minutes, wait a few seconds, and the SanDisk is uh, configured to log on to my uh, own home uh, Wi-Fi network. So when I'm home and the car's in the garage, I just do that, log on with my iPad or my phone, op- open their uh, app, uh, and boom, I could see all the files. Uh, when I'm out on the road... Uh, the SanDisk has its own uh, SSID. So when I'm out on the road, I could bring up my phone, I can open the SanDisk app and uh, log on to go to Wi-Fi and log on to that uh, particular SSID and I could see all the files. So it allows me to see the files without having to disconnect everything. And when I'm done, I just hit the button on the hub to turn it back on, turn back the the, uh, dash cam on the main console and off you go. So I know there's some apps coming out with some viewers and things like that, but until then, this is an easy way that I've found to be able to view my files without having to disconnect and carry some USB stick upstairs or whatever. All right, I hope this was helpful, useful to anybody. Uh, thanks for your uh, podcast. Love listening. Well, this is one of those really nicely informative calls that I have nothing to add to. I just wanted to play the call, get the information out there for folks. So, Raphael, thank you so much for that call. It's very cool. Let's go up to Vancouver, talk to Peter. He's been uh, wanting to buy a Tesla and has a particular concern. See if I can help him out. Peter, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Peter from Vancouver. I've been wanting to buy a Tesla for a long time. I have an Audi A7, which I love, but would really like to move over to a Tesla. One thing that's really stopping me, though, is that I travel long distances during the day, and I absolutely must be able to get my text messages. For some reason, Tesla has not yet teamed up with Apple CarPlay or developed their own app that can read text messages off an iPhone. This is a real killer for me because I can't be pulling over all the time to answer text messages, which are vital to my business. Thanks, and I really enjoy your podcast. Hi, Peter. Thank you for your call. Yeah, infotainment is one area where I think even most Tesla owners would agree that the company and the cars could be better in that department. Not that they're bad, but that they could be better. My brother-in-law is actually in a very similar position as you. He has considered a Model X Uh, partially for his business, but he also has three kids, so the X would be a better fit for him than the S. But the X and no Tesla has that text message interactivity that you're talking about and that his BMW, I believe he's got a 5 Series plug-in hybrid SUV. Uh, It's definitely definitely an SUV and it's definitely a plug-in, and I think it's 5 Series. Anyway, yeah, his... so. That His car does have that, and he loves that, and that's kind of a deal-breaker for him and, and the, the way he uses the car. And it sounds like uh, that's the case for you. I mean, I, I totally understand that that's a vital thing to you. That's your business. That's how you, you know, efficient use of your time. I totally get it. 
So, you know, I'm not sure if there's any kind of aftermarket solution that, that could plug into a USB port or a 12, the 12 volt port in the center console that might uh, work for you if you did get a Tesla. So I'm not sure. And as such, I wanted to do uh, a thing, you know, I, I like to do this sometimes. The power of having an audience is that you can ask them for help and you can crowdsource really good information. And so I'm curious if anybody out there knows of anything that could help Peter out, please feel free to call in or email me so I can pass that information along uh, Peter's way and maybe let other folks know as well. But Peter, thank you so much for your call. Let's go to Harold from Rotterdam, uh, Rotterdam, Holland, a longtime listener, first time caller. He just got a Model 3 and uh, wanted to talk a little bit about autopilot stuff. So Harold, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Harold from Rotterdam, Holland. Uh, first time caller, long time listener, a Model 3 owner, a very happy Model 3 owner. Actually, I enjoyed your last episode uh, with Elon Musk, number 200, and happy to hear that uh, autonomous driving is the top prio uh, of Tesla. Uh, uh, but actually, I have a question about episode 199, uh, when you talked about switching off automatic lane changes. And uh, I experienced that uh, lane changes is still difficult for the car, uh, especially uh, when the traffic is uh, very busy. And my question is, how far, how much meters can the car actually look forward? Uh, because you see on your screen approximately two or three cars ahead. But sometimes uh, there's happening on the road things uh, with cars uh, beyond that, let's say 100 meters. And uh, when the car is driving slow, the Tesla doesn't see that car. And then automatic lane changes or lane changes uh, is difficult for the car. So... Uh, I was wondering uh, if you could answer the question, how far can a Tesla Model 3 look ahead with the cameras? Hello, Harold. Thank you so much for calling in. Well, the good news here is that Tesla did publish those camera distance figures a while back. So I've dug that up and I've got the answer for you right here. In fact, I didn't even have to dig far. There's, there's a really cool and useful illustration that shows the viewing distance of all eight autopilot cameras. It's right on Tesla's website. If you go to tesla.com slash autopilot, it's right there. But just for simplicity's sake, while you're listening to this, the answer to your question is 250 meters ahead. That is how far I can see on the, on the narrow forward camera. And then on the main forward camera that has a bit of a wider viewing angle, uh, 150 meters on that. So hope that helps. Thanks so much for your call. I'm going to go out to Brian in Pennsylvania responding uh, to the, another caller about the total cost of ownership of the Model 3 and how the Tesla network could influence that. So Brian, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, this is Brian from Wapwallopin, Pennsylvania. Listening to your Elon interview, and you guys are talking about the low cost of ownership of a Model 3, $100 per week for leasing, 
potentially financing one. And Elon made the comment that you could pay for that by doing the ride share that they hope to do sometime in the near future. My comment on that, especially if you're going to lease a vehicle, would be the extra mileage you're going to put on that. And you would probably go over your mileage at the end of your lease term, thus maybe negating the benefit of the rideshare program. Just looking for your thoughts. Thanks again. Brian, that is a totally fair point right there. Maybe there'll be stipulations in the leasing contract that the Tesla network mileage won't count against you. You know, that's one thing that comes to mind as an option because, of course, Tesla will know the difference between your miles and the miles that the car logs in the ride-sharing network. Alternatively, Elon could have just misspoke or uh, said lease instead of buy. I'm not entirely sure, but again, that is a totally valid observation and a valid concern on your part. Thanks for making me think about that and uh, getting that front of mind as something to keep an eye on for the future. Let's go to a new listener. Everett from Central California is up next and has a tip about uh, volume, Bluetooth volume playback specifically, responding to a, a caller from a couple shows back. Everett, welcome to the podcast. Hello, my name is Everett from Central California, and I was listening to your episode 200 with Elon's interview. And that was awesome. And it happened to be my very first episode ever, you know, from your podcast. Um, I simply Googled Elon Musk interview, and you're one of the results. Anyway, um, and so that then brought me to your previous episode, to now I'm looking back from 200. I just finished episode 199 and heard about the gentleman who has a Tesla that whenever he brings up Siri, it is too loud compared to the other sources on the stereo. I uh, just thought I would bring up this point is I believe when you summon Siri with a onboard um, vehicle, you can adjust the volume using the buttons on the side of the phone. At least this was the case in my Mustang. I am not a current Tesla, Tesla owner. However, I do want to be in the future. Um, but that's how I've seen it work with every other vehicle. Um, I do not have experience with the Tesla or know what protocol it is using to communicate with the phone. Anyway, I uh, just thought I would leave that little tidbit there. Hopefully that is the case. I'll hopefully be getting a Tesla sometime in the next year. Have a good one. Thank you, Everett. And I do believe you are correct on that. So again, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for giving it a try and thanks for calling in. Our final call this week lasts, certainly not least, Richard, another new listener, and has a, a concern about the doors on the Model 3. Richard, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. I'm a new listener to your podcast and enjoy it very much. I have a 2018 Model 3, which you are correct in saying is a joy to drive. I have a single complaint or maybe a single fear. The Model 3 has a manual or emergency door latch on the left and right for front seat passengers. Showing off my new Model 3 to friends and family, I tried to be responsible by describing how to exit the vehicle in an emergency. Use the manual release latch, I'd tell them, including the rear seat passengers, and then I'd point to the latch location. 
Maybe a month after delivery, I'm sitting in the rear seat inspecting one thing or another, and I discover there's no manual emergency latch for the rear passengers. There's an outline of a latch, but no latch. Since then, with the possibility of a fire or accident interrupting electrical power, and therefore no power to the door, I hesitate to have passengers in the rear seat. Not my grandchildren, for sure. Other than cost savings, how is no manual latch in the rear seat explained? And how do rear seat passengers exit with the loss of power to the rear door opener? If there's no satisfactory answer, when people are trapped and perish, which would be horrible, the news media would justifiably be all over Tesla. Your thoughts. Thanks, Richard. Welcome to the podcast, Richard. And I would say this, you know, it's effectively the same as a two-door coupe that has a back seat or a pickup truck that has a rear cab and just the two front doors. But in the Model 3's case, you can exit out through the trunk or climb through the front seats and exit out those doors that way. I would also note that it's, it's you know, a fire is so much less likely to occur. Like, an order of magnitude, to use one of Elon's favorite terms, which absolutely applies here. I think Elon only dropped one order of magnitude usage uh, in my interview with him last week. But but seriously, I mean, the, the a fire in, in a Tesla is an order of magnitude less likely to occur than it is in a gasoline-powered car. So... While I completely understand and I fully respect your concern, uh, and I'll be clear, by the way, I, do, I don't know why Tesla designed it the way they did. The odds of a situation arising that is truly a hazard in that kind of scenario is really slim. So I don't know if that puts your mind at ease at all, but uh, you know, I did look into this. I couldn't find any sort of official line on it, but um, yeah, that's... That's the best I've got for you, Richard. I hope that helps maybe put your mind at ease a little bit. Thanks to everybody who called in this week. Again, I very much invite you. I welcome you to call in. I love this part of the show where I get to hear uh, from so many wonderful voices from not only around the country, around the world, as you heard uh, just this week and pretty much every week. So please do call in. Again, the toll-free number, 1-888-989-8752, or use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software and uh, record a call, record a question, and send it my way. Try to keep it to under a minute and a half. Either way, thanks so much, and I'll be right back with some thoughts on the Elon interview. I'll give you kind of a little behind-the-scenes peek behind the curtain. And then we've got the pro tip of the week, which is coming our way from Jay in Orange County. And then I'll wrap things up for you right after this. Well, I don't normally like to make the show about me. You know, it's about Tesla and our collective enthusiasm for it. But, you know, last week, (laughs) kind of an exception with the eagle uh, the Elon Musk interview, you know, it was such a such a big deal, it was so incredible to make happen, and I thought I would kind of give you a quick little peek behind the curtain because I've got a lot of people asking me about it like, "Oh, you know, how how long was I keeping it a secret and this and that?" And I'll tell you this, you know, when I I dropped a very cryptic vague hint at the end of episode 199. So this this has been 
in the works in some form or another for six months. But it started to get serious. Like I had a, there was a date on the calendar. Forget this. It was for March uh, 13th, which is a Wednesday, um, because Elon tends to be in Fremont at the factory on Wednesdays. And (laughs) so I was feeling good about that. I was preparing accordingly, getting everything ready to go. And then it was announced that the Model Y reveal would happen on Thursday, March 14th, which which was down in L.A. So right away I knew, oh, there's just no way he's going to be sitting down for an interview with anyone, let alone me. You know, I'm, I'm at the bottom of the food chain compared to, the, you know, the, the New York Times, the Wireds, the, the this one, the that one. Not with, a, not with a product unveil the very next day uh, because he's going to be down probably doing walkthroughs and rehearsals and, and uh, you know, too busy for something like a sit-down podcast interview. And I followed up with Tesla, and sure enough, that was exactly the case. I was, I was totally right about that. So then it kind of got pushed out a little bit more. And, you know, hey, Elon's schedule is, again, understanding my place in the pecking order, which is down at the bottom. That's totally, I, I, I know my place and that's fine. Um, and, and his schedule, you know, he's got a million things going on at a time. So it was just a matter of, also, he's only up here a couple days a week. You know, he splits time between LA and San Francisco. And while, you know, if it had dragged on too much longer, I would have said, you know what, forget it. I'll go down to LA if I have to. But, uh, you know, ideally wanted to catch him up here in the Bay Area. So there were sort of, you know, two days a week where there's, that's a a possibility. And, and finally, then uh, May came around and then I had some travel in May. I had a couple of business trips in the middle of the week. uh, So that, that sort of knocked those out. And finally, we landed on, we got May 29th on the calendar, and just serendipitously, pure cosmic coincidence that it was, that 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 would have been for episode 200. So I was just crossing my fingers like, oh, I hope, I mean, not only did I just want it to happen, this is a thing, this is a goal I've had since day one, but it would have been just such the perfect way to celebrate a milestone episode, right? I've done 200 of these things, and to have Elon on for the 200th one would just be so, so special. You know, even just a little bit more special than having him on any other time. And I, I actually let Tesla PR know, and they seemed to, I think they, they were like, oh, yeah, that, that, they seemed to think, or seemed to indicate that, that they agreed that would be pretty cool. But nevertheless, you know, I'm at the mercy of Elon's schedule, and um, so I got, I got a confirmation the Friday before because it was heading into Memorial Day weekend. Um, so it was like, okay, as of the Friday before we're locked in, it hasn't been canceled or delayed yet. And then I had to wait with the holiday. I had to wait till Tuesday for another one. Are we still looking good? Are we still looking good? Yeah, we're still looking good. And then even the day of the day of, I got uh, a message from Tesla PR. Okay, we're we're still on. We're still looking good. But just as a word of warning, he I, we've seen it before where his day backs up, and you know you're you may have to wait a little while. And sure enough, I got there very early because I didn't even want want traffic to be a stressful thing at all. But I got there uh, with CJ, and you know just got settled in and. 
uh, I was supposed to interview him at 6.30 p.m. We were going to be in a conference room. So they were they were brought us up to the conference room so we could get set up and situated. And right, but right away it was, well, okay, we're we're pushed back to seven, right out of the gate. Seven, you know, we're 30 minute delay. Okay, no problem. We'll just get settled in. And then it turned into, well, still delayed again, delayed again. And finally, Elon came into the room a little after 8 p.m. And, you know, I have to say, in my day job for IGN, where I interview game developers all the time, I don't get nervous. I've done it for so long, and I'm, I'm you know, it's, it's my realm, and I just feel good there. I feel comfortable that I don't get nervous. But I got nervous for this. I was nervous heading into this interview just because I knew it was such a big opportunity that, that just I, I couldn't blow it. I had, to, I had to do a good job. And thankfully, I have literally hundreds of interviews under my belt. You know, I'm, I'm not a rookie with it. So I, I knew I, I, I felt good about my preparation. I had over 30 questions prepared, more than I knew I would, I would get to ask, even in the best case scenario. So I had, uh, I had a plan for how I wanted to start with him and then where I wanted to try and go with him. And I have to say, you know, once he walked in the room, uh, I wasn't starstruck and the nerves kind of went away because he came in and, you know, I'm, you're basically with him, you expect, okay, well, his schedule's so tight. Every minute of his day is so valuable. You got to just sit down and go. And then probably when it's over, he's just going to get up and be gone and that's it. And it'll have happened, but he'll be in and out like a, just like a, like a tornado. (laughs) He'll just blow through town and that'll be it. But, uh, yeah, so we sat down, he got mic'd up and we just, we got right into it. And that's why you hear at the beginning of the interview where he says, Hey, you'll have to forgive me. I'm at the end of a long day. My brain's kind of fried. I gotta. I need a minute to kind of, lo- you know, focus in on this. And so that's exactly what he was referencing because it was it was after 8 p.m. He'd had a obviously a crazy long day. And the thing is, I learned afterwards he had one more meeting after me. So his day wasn't even over after spending an hour with me when he was only scheduled to spend half an hour with me. So he was so generous with his time. Uh, and I feel, I feel bad for whoever that last meeting of the day was, but I'm just, you know, I, I, I am so grateful that it happened. And I, again, I felt great about my preparation. I felt like I left it all on the table. I thought we had a good conversation and, and the, the feedback has just been, uh, so tremendous. I can't thank all of you enough for your kind words, uh, it's really, it's really been great. And it's, it's just something I'll never forget. Honestly, you know, I, I don't know if I'll ever get to do it again. I guess that's my next goal is to, to try and make it like an annual thing. Like, let's do this again. You know, maybe hopefully I did a good enough job where, where I could do one of those a year and, and, you know, earn sort of his trust and Tesla, Tesla's trust that, that, Hey, you know, I'm interested in the company and the products and, and, uh, we'll have a good conversation about that stuff. But, but yeah, it was tremendous, and I'm, I'm just, again, humbled and grateful uh, grateful for the opportunity. But yeah, seeing, <laughs> seeing uh, my podcast show up on automotive sites, business sites, Tesla news sites, and video game websites with the Cuphead stuff, and either my name and or the podcast name was just all over the place. It was wild. I mean, C- CNN, CNBC... Fox, Forbes, Bloomberg, 
and then like all the gaming sites and all the Tesla sites. It was, it was crazy. So, um, yeah, thanks to everybody that listened to that. And again, if you, you know, just, just for checking it out, I mean, I just appreciate it. And, you know, it ha- I joked with my wife after, like, I should just quit. I should just stop the podcast right now and just end this, just walk away like Jordan after the first, after his first three-peat. Where he's like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm going to go play baseball. <laughs> but no, this, the thing is, that's, that's what's fun is, you know, this is just another awesome milestone. And I love doing this podcast every week. There's always something new and fun to talk about in the world of Tesla. So uh, I'm not going anywhere, and I plan to keep doing this podcast every single week for a long, long time. Uh, so that's that. I hope uh, hope you enjoy that kind of little peek behind the curtain of how the Elon interview came to be. Uh, this part of the show now, I do a quick pro tip of the week. You know, Teslas are loaded with all sorts of little Easter eggs and shortcuts and things. So uh, if you found something neat in your car that's not explicitly outlined in the owner's manual and you'd like to share it with other listeners, you can call in with that the same way you would call in with a regular question. And our pro tip of the week this week is from Jay in Orange County. So we will go to Jay. Hi, Ryan. Jay from Orange County, California here. I've been listening to the show for probably about a year. I think you do a great job with it, and thanks for uh, all the work you do with it. Uh, A comment on the pro tip segment, I think it's really great. People leaving, being able to leave their experiences with the car um, and the tips on your show. Uh, the jam charging plug tip helped me greatly uh, shortly. Uh, some time ago, I had the red uh, T logo pop up. I was leaving work, leaving my office to go to, to an, a, a meeting, and I got the red T logo, but thanks to the tip, I knew exactly what to do. Uh, removed the plug and was on my way. Um, I had my own tip uh, recently. Uh, a couple weeks ago, my car, I came out of the store. My car would not shift into gear out of park. And so I ended up calling the uh, roadside assistance line and learned that uh, powering off the car sometimes helps this uh, clear up. So what you would need to do is go into the car menu uh, the car logo at the bottom left corner of the screen, then uh, hit safety and security and power off option. Um, leave the car alone for a few minutes, and then you can restart the car by pressing down on the brake pedal, and the car will wake back up. And uh, more often than not, this I'm told this does um, clear up the problem. So if anybody out there has this happen also to them, uh, try the power off option to uh, clear it up. Anyway, love the show. Thanks for your help, and talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Excellent tip here, Jay. Thank you so much. Now uh, I know what to do if this ever happens to me, thanks to your call. If I ever find myself unable to shift into drive at any point in the future, I will think of you. Appreciate that, Jay. All right, just a couple plugs before I hit the road. The primary means of supporting this podcast, if I'm able to, uh, if in, your, in your opinion, earn your trust and earn your your uh, your support, I'm on Patreon. You can find me at patreon.com slash Podcast, and you can find all the information about how to support uh, if you want to, what levels you can support at, etc. over there. So uh, again, take a look at that. If any of that interests you, great. If not, totally no problem. The podcast will continue to be out 
every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific, each and every Sunday. Meanwhile, Immaculate Reflections, one of the most awesome detailers around, certainly one of the best in the Bay Area. They took great care of me and my car. Uh, 16 years of experience. Actually, I guess I should probably update that note. It's got to be 17 or 18 by now, right, Jeff? <laughs> Let me know. But uh, yeah, if you want to do anything from like just new car prep, like paint correction, uh, you know, just clear up any little factory flaws in the paint. You want to do paint protection film, ceramic coating, any of that, all of that, they can help you out. Look them up on their website, which is IR, in other words, Immaculate Reflections, irdetailing.com. Let's see, you can follow me on Twitter if you like, at DMC underscore Ryan. Same thing for Instagram as well. I mentioned you can email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. If you're ordering a Jada wireless charging pad, if you've got a Qi capable wireless uh, Qi capable smartphone that supports wireless charging Jada's got you covered with their the version 2 of their wireless charging pad I I love mine it's you know it's just a uh, basically a factory accessory that's that's what it looks like that's it has great functionality uh it's just one, it's it's like one time $100 purchase and it's going to last you know should last the life of your car I don't have a discount for it but if you do want to order one, I would love it if you would use my referral link because they throw a couple bucks my way, full transparency. So if that is of interest to you, you can order at the website getjada.com, and Jada is spelled J-E-D-A, getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. Uh, what else? Ah, supercharging. Well, the 5,000-mile supercharger uh, referral is over. It's back down to 1,000. But if you are ordering your Tesla, I guess this applies to the Australian folks, uh, please find someone besides my code to use if you can. If you've got a friend, a family member, a coworker, use their code so that they get 1,000 miles worth of free supercharging and you get 1,000 miles worth of free supercharging on your new car. But... If I'm the only Tesla person in your life right now and you just need a code to get the 1,000 miles, uh, use mine as a last resort. So you have to you have to order with the code. So type in ts.la slash Ryan73014 into any web browser or your phone web browser and then configure your car, order it, and the free supercharging miles will be baked in to the order for you. Let's see, I think that about wraps it up. Yes, I just want to thank the Patreon producers. This is the the list of extra wonderful folks who support me at the producer level, which means uh, they get the free, they they get the bonus episode every month. I mentioned that earlier. They get early access to every week's episode, and they get their name uh, shouted out every week. So I want to thank my newest Patreon producer, Charlie Gillespie. Thank you so much, Charlie along with the rest of the Patreon producer crew, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenshine, Lars Hoffman, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Gabriel Salaz, Jerry and Mary Smith, 
Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dorian Steve Guberman, Luxendary.com, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Josh, Jeremy, Jeremy Harris, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Rob Brewer, My Tesla Adventure, Ron Lee, Larry Lynch, Lambert Lee, Chris Konesnik, John Cody, Matthew Wright, and Aaron Appleby. Thank you all so, so much for your support. That will do it for me again. My name is Ryan McCaffrey. If this is your first episode after the Elon interview, I thank you so much for giving it a shot. I really do. You know, I say this a lot at the end of episodes. In my opinion, your time is the most valuable thing that you have and can give so that you would, uh, if you think enough of this podcast and or of me to give it an hour plus of your time each and every week, that really means a lot to me and I sincerely appreciate it. So for a very comfortably sleeping Daisy the Boxer puppy, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Happy electric motoring, my friends, and I'll see you back next week. We got the shareholder meeting to talk about next week. See you then. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. <laughs> That's what it's meant to be. Well, our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. Mm. Make it's maximum fun.